Hey, welcome back to Beyond the Diamond. We are your hosts, Colby Rush and Hunter Broadbent. Remember to follow us on Insta at Beyond the Diamond Podcast and Twitter at Beyond the DIA Pod. Let's get right into today's show. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Another great week of college baseball in the books and a great weekend coming up. We have a special treat in store for you today. We are joined by a special guest host, Chris Paletta of Fairfield. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. I uh, want to tell us a little bit about yourself, just get the audience to know you. Yeah, all right. So uh, I play baseball here at Fairfield University. Uh, I'm a senior communications major and looking to have a good time today. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Appreciate it. Yeah, should be a fun time. All right. So we have some more turbulence going on in the power rankings. We cannot have a number one stay for more than a few days. Arkansas taking over. The number one spot recently in D1 baseball's poll as of March 1st, Vanderbilt coming in at second. Um, You know, I'm not surprised to see Vanderbilt rising. Obviously, Arkansas had a great week, but Vanderbilt is is the one I have my eye on. They just keep moving up every week. I believe they started the season at four. And with their pitching, you know, it's inevitable that they're probably going to be number one at some point soon. Yeah, no, I'd say – well, first, Arkansas started the week beating up Texas Tech again. So Texas Tech's had a rough go of it. Um, I know they were project- we were projected to play them in the regionals. So not sure that's still going to happen. But um, And then Vanderbilt, I'd say, without the first loss to Georgia State, they'd probably be number one because they went they would have gone seven for seven this week. I mean, when you got two guys on the mound, big righties throwing upper 90s, 98, 99, hard to touch. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's ridiculous what Tim Corbin has to work with there. And the lineup is always amazing. Yeah, I know we said last week that's probably the best one-two punch he's ever had in his career. And he's had some pretty good one-two punches. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, definitely you said about Arkansas, just to get back to them. Texas Tech, they beat up the first two games. They're 7-0, and by the way, as of today. Um, took down Texas, TCU and a four-game sweep of Southern Missouri State. So they're flexing their muscles on everybody. And I believe they started off, what was it, around like 10 or something in the power rankings. So they are they were two last week, but 5-0 and in the last week, 7-0 and overall. It's been a special season so far for, uh, for Arkansas. And I believe Texas and TCU were both ranked too, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were. So TCU's still at 13. Yeah, shout out Ryan Sporting. Um, yeah, no, those are two. So those are two big series wins. Um, Texas Tech, like we said, started off at three, I think, the beginning of the season. Now they're just in a sky a free fall. Um, don't know when that's going to stop. They're kind of trending the opposite direction of Arkansas and Vanderbilt. So maybe they can pick it up because they got a good offense. It's really their pitching they need to figure out. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Uh, that's definitely pitching is everything so you got to keep the other team off the board um old miss was at number one last week but they dropped two games over the course of the week uh to ucf um they took two out of three over the weekend from them so um pretty impressive series from ucf they're an underrated club in my opinion not currently ranked but we might see them soon um so good job for them to knock old miss down to four yeah, um, I mean, I, I think we shouted out that series beforehand with saying UCF might have been a dark horse and um, uh, the AAC. So good for them uh, actually knocking off Ole Miss after they had 
their run last week. Seems to just be run after run. Who's going to keep up? Who's going to continuously have that run? Seems to be like it's going to be Vanderbilt, but who knows? Yeah, that's why I use the word turbulence to describe these power rankings. It's just been a different number one every week. Yeah. Um, so let's break down that uh, Ole Miss UCF series a little bit. In game one, Ole Miss got off to a nice start with a 6-5 win. Um, they tagged uh, Hunter Patterson of UCF for three runs um, and a pair of extra base hits in the second. Um, he got in a groove and finished his day five innings, seven punch outs, and only three runs. But um, ultimately, that was their Achilles heel, was that early falling in the gap there. Uh, UCF had a fifth inning they scored a run on a two-out double from John Montez but uh, ultimately UCF in the bottom of or excuse me Ole Miss in the bottom of the ninth had a solo shot and uh, got a couple hits won the game uh, game two UCF seven to one win um, big game for AJ Jones on the mound he tossed six innings struck out 10 only gave up a run uh, the UCF offense it was a great day uh, Ben McCabe was three for four with a double home run two ribbies um so old ocf or geez i can't talk today old miss their only run was a single in the eighth inning so just a dominating day for uh, ucf what you like to see for them and then uh yeah game three it was another ucf win so uh old miss bounced back they routed jackson state 12 to 1 only a seven inning game because of these crazy rules we got this year but um yeah, not the weekend that Ole Miss was hoping for. Yeah, Ole Miss got to figure out how to hit the ball a little bit, huh? <laughs> not what you're looking for. <laughs> definitely not. Love to see that out of UCF, though. I mean, definitely a team Ole Miss should should be able to beat pretty much every year. But uh, they managed to pull it out this year. Gritty. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, like you mentioned, McCabe went three for four in the second game. Also went one for four with a three-run shot in the first game. So he had uh, quite the series, I'd say. Yeah. Um, let's see, what, what is UCF's record at the moment? Um, well, they're four and one in their last five against the number one ranked team in the country. So that's not bad. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they're not ranked yet having done that, but I'd expect to see them up there soon. Um, and they're going off to play Stenson now. Um, that's a team we know very well. Yeah, it's always a stingy opponent. Last year, I think we took one out of three, but they were a good team. They're big on TikTok. <laughs> TikTok is awesome for marketing college baseball, and not enough people appreciate that fact. It's <laughs> probably why Carabas couldn't find college baseball until now. We got a pretty famous TikToker on our campus, so – Part of the baseball team, Griffin Watson. Shout out him. <laughs> Look him up. Uh, yeah, as as do we. Uh, Reggie Crawford's vlogs are, are a big hit always. Uh, Kieran Deveni, Ryan Hyde are also big on the TikTok game. It's always fun to keep an eye on. Oh, yeah. Uh, so let's go a little more in depth to that Vanderbilt series now that we've kind of gotten UCF out of the way. Um, you guys want to pick up there? Yeah, so... Um... Obviously, um, like Chris was talking about, uh, we got the two big righties, um, Jack Leiter uh, and uh, Kumar Rocker. Um, when I combined 10 scoreless innings, um, both throwing three hit ball over five innings each. Um, I think 
Uh, Lighter gave up four walks. Rocker gave up three walks. Lighter seven Ks. Rocker six Ks. Um, Lighter, I think, hit 100 twice, if I'm not mistaken. Rocker hit 99. Um, both were routes of Georgia State to cap off the, the series win. Um, the offense went off, scoring 17 runs and 12 runs apiece. Um, anything else? Yeah, I mean, just lighter having five innings pitch, going seven Ks, basically half of his outs were Ks. So, I mean, that always helps the defense if they have to make less plays. Less room for error, for sure. Yeah, Colby talked about this in last week's show a little bit, but I think we might be seeing Jack Leiter hopping over Kumar in these draft rankings. I think it's it's possible we might see him going number one if he keeps this up. Definitely possible, especially if you get Al talking in their ear. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've seen a lot of a lot of people that have been very impressed with, uh, as Colby mentioned, the changes Leiter has made to improve his game, hitting 100. Certainly nothing against Kumar. He's still been amazing, but Leiter has been just that much better so far in this young season. Yeah, I'd say the biggest thing I've noticed from all the scouts is Leiter's, he's not tiring out. Like, he's hitting 100 early, but he can still hit 99 late. And obviously, he's still on a pitch count limit. That's why he's only going five innings. But his legs are double the size. And um, I'd, I noticed that um, he seems to have better mechanics than uh, Kumar does, which will probably translate better in the MLB. Mm-hmm. Definitely going to see how Leiter uh, progresses over the season. We know Kumar can do it throughout the full season, but I guess that's the question. Yeah, definitely. Kumar has that experience with the 17th strikeout playoff game and all that. But oh yeah, yeah, we'll see how later progresses. That will be a big factor to keep an eye on. And while those guys were doing it in game two, Miles Garrett came in and picked up his first one of his college career in a five to four Vandy win. Uh, Carter Young went yard in the seventh inning with a solo home run, and that was enough to propel them to the victory. So good to see some other guys picking up the slack when everybody's focused on the big two leading up that rotation. Yeah, uh, good for him. Uh, love to see the freshmen getting their wins, um, especially, you know, knowing that he has Kumar and Leiter following him up, he probably eases the stress a little bit. Like, but still, he's still pitching for Vanderbilt. Still, no, oh, yeah. no slouch. <laughs> Definitely not. Even just getting your foot in the door, if you don't play one inning there, it's impressive. I mean, you love to see young guys getting their, getting their stride, especially uh, he's a freshman, you know. You love to see the young guys getting out there, doing well, boy supporting them. Yeah, absolutely. It takes a pretty special freshman to be able to make an impact on a team like that. So big tip of the cap to him. So uh, Vandy had – they had a tough stretch there of seven days with seven straight games after uh, the weather delayed their first two against Wright State last weekend. So they had a few days off with the midweeks and they will be playing a three game series this weekend against Illinois, Chicago. So if they're playing in their full potential, probably going to see some more Vandy routes this weekend. Yeah. And I think they got the freshman and then the two righties going. Yeah. So big series. Um, Another team um, that is always high in the power rankings. um, UCLA came in the season at two. Uh, we did a fair bit of roasting of them last week's episode, um, especially in the descriptions Kobe wrote in the uh, bio of them sucking. Um, but 
they had a nice week. Um, took two out of three against UC Irvine, and on Tuesday uh, had a fourteen to one route of Cal State Fullerton. So maybe we are seeing the true UCLA bounce back after dropping two out of three to San Fran to open the season. Yeah, I mean they went four and one. They didn't go five and zero though, so still can't give them all the credit. Well, that's why you're seeing them. <laughs> they keep this up. I mean, you would expect them to a team with that potential to be sweeping these series, but again, it's still early in the season, so plenty can happen. Yeah, no Easily. doubt. Um, so now on to uh, what was probably, besides Vandy's two pitchers, the pitching matchup of the weekend, um, game one of which ended up being game three, I believe. Uh, or was he? I think it was either game. I think it ended up being game three of uh, UNC UVA. Austin Love versus Andrew Abbott. It got postponed because of weather to Sunday. It was supposed to be on Friday. Um Love just loves throwing those six inning no hitters. Man, he can't yeah. stop it. He he wants to throw them for full games, but as soon as it gets to six and a third, nah, can't do it. Can't complain about that though either, right? He comes out, gives you six shutout, no, no hit. Oh yeah. And he's a guy that maybe not enough people had their eyes on coming into the season. He redshirted in 2018. Was big in their bullpen in 2019, but kind of struggled out of the gate. 675 ERA through his first few outings in 2020. So he is on the mission to prove something. And damn, he's doing a great job at it so far. He just, yeah, those no-hitters out of the gate. You know, right. will he will he finish the job any of these times? But it's been very impressive. And you wonder how much he'll start climbing these draft boards if he can keep this up. People definitely got their eye on him now. Say that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I remember sending you a text that was like he led the team in saves and wins in 2019 or something. So, like, he's not coming out of nowhere. He's just not one of the top five guys for some reason. But Yeah, exactly. He's, I'm sure, well-known in that program, but not the most heralded around the country. Um, but now everybody's getting to know that name for sure. Yeah, and I, I begin to wonder if he finally throws that no-hitter how many or if that's enough to push him into contention uh, into like that number three spot over Vassal with uh, Rocker and Lighter. Yeah, well, we've seen the effects of some of these great starts um, have made on these pitchers. Um, you know, Kumar's 17 strikeout game is the most well-known. Had the kid from Duke that threw the no-hitter early on last season, got drafted in the first round, um, drawing a blank on his name at this moment. But, um, but yeah, you have a big start everybody's going to have their eyes on you. Yeah. Bryce Jarvis, that's it. Yeah, and I'm sure Chris can attest to this. Hitters have much more trouble rising up in any spot just because the sample size is a lot bigger. So it's a lot easier for a pitcher to rise up. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're, they have, you know, say 20 – starts tops during the course of the year so they have a lot less opportunities but if they capitalize on most of those opportunities it's going to be a lot easier than the daily grind of a hitter um and then in uh we'll skip over game two for a second game three um mike vassal for uva 
he's had quite the start to the season. He's a mass guy. Went to uh, one of our rivals, BC High. So, you know, we like him, but we don't like him. Um, <laughs> Agreed. He's the only pitcher in the NCAA with 12-plus innings pitch, which is over just over two to three starts as of now. Um, zero uh, – well, is it, it's zero earned runs, I believe. And then um, zero walks. It's something like that. Yeah, it's something like that. And maybe six or maybe 10 Ks. Uh, he's the only pitcher in baseball with that. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, he's had a pretty special start to the year. And that's just an awesome rotation that UVA is rolling out there every weekend. I mean, to have a guy like Vassal as your three starter, that says a lot. Um, Andrew Abbott, as we talked about in that rotation, had a nice outing. Um, three runs over seven innings, six punch outs. Griff McGarry is a very strong number two. And yeah, Vassal slotting in at three. That's just dynamite. And it's just like the major leagues. Starting pitching will carry you, as we just talked about with Vandy. So UVA can make a really nice run with these guys if they're all on their game. Yeah, no, I agree. It's crazy that a guy like Vassal, who could end up being the number three pitcher in the country, is the number three starter on his own team. I mean, yeah, out of high school, he was a projected first rounder before the injury. So, yeah, no doubt. Um, So now UNC, they took two out of three. well, back to game two, McGarry, uh, their number two, UVA's number two starter. He didn't have a bad day. He gave up He gave up two runs. One of them was earned. Uh, he struck out nine over five innings. Great outing. Um, he, and then he picked off a runner to end his day. So, I mean, not bad whatsoever. It's just um, his counterpart, Matt Carlson, who's a freshman at UNC, went five and a third, giving up three hits, one walk. Um one wild pitch and five Ks. So he didn't give up a run. Um, that's tough to, it's tough to overcome when uh, the other pitcher doesn't give up a run. Yeah. I mean, that's drawing your pitchers. No runs, less hits. One walk, five Ks. Pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. And we're seeing everybody start to take notice in North Carolina, though. Um, up to six and one. They are 25th, just jumping into the rankings after they hadn't been ranked early on. So they're definitely proving something. That was a really nice series for them against UVA. Yeah, I agree. Seems to be like they're on the back of love, too. Love seems to be carrying them. Well, I mean, you have a guy throwing these no-hitters throughout the starts of the games. I think that's safe to say he'll be carrying you. Sure, sure. They have to love what they're getting from him. Yeah, I mean, if he's their number one, they had to expect it, but I don't think they expected this. I think I need to resign from this podcast for how bad that pun was, but uh, we'll we'll (laughs) skip over that. Uh, But yeah, no, exactly. You guys are are spot on with everything you said there. Um, Another series that we've had our eyes on, uh, BC is really making their mark here. Um, Just took two out of three against number 11 Duke. Um, they are ranked for the first time since 2016, uh, up to number 22 overall, I believe it is. Um, so it's just, it's great representation for Northeast baseball, which, you know, as we've talked about with UConn, it's tough. Um, 
being in the cold and you guys Fairfield, obviously too, um, being in the cold, not having the advantages Southern teams have with their warm weather year round. Um, so really good job by BC so far in this season. Yeah. And I mean, we played them last year um, and they killed us. I we think. did kind of embarrassed us. Wasn't, wasn't the funnest weekend we've ever had, but uh, we bounced back and what are you going to do? Yeah. So it just shows how good they are. So we're not, we're not, I wouldn't say we're a bad team. No, far from it. Um, they'll be coming to Elliott Ballpark to play us later in the year. So that should be, if we're playing or a full potential, at least that should be a nice battle of the Titans. For sure. Um, shout out to some of their players, these preseason All-Americans. They're living up to the hype so far. Uh, their shortstop, Cody Morissette, uh, Baseball America, had him as a first teamer. Uh, Sal Frelick in the outfield. Um, and Mason Pelio on the mound. Um, some guys that have done a really nice job for them so far. Yeah, for sure. And they got the, uh, they played yesterday at home, March 3rd, uh, in, um, in their nice gold unis. They look nice. I got to tip my cap. Those are pretty sweet. Um, yeah, taking down Rhode Island six to four. Yeah. Um, it was a good day all around for that team. Um, Joey Ryan getting the win on the mound. Oh, I'm glad you added uh, Notre Dame to this. I was going to mention them. Yeah, after uh, they had a COVID cancellation that first weekend, but bounced back in a big way against Wake Forest. Yeah, Wake Forest isn't too shabby. They dro- I know they dropped out of the rankings because of this series, but uh, I've always liked Notre Dame because, I mean, they got this. Somehow they got gold hel- helmets for baseball too. Like, <laughs> I don't know how that doesn't distract the pitcher, but. Gold helmets for everything. They got gold helmets for hockey too. They get just they're just rich. They got the plug. They know somebody. <laughs> I mean, they are Notre Dame, so I I wouldn't expect anything less. Touchdown Jesus in the end zone. Never forget. <laughs> Maybe they'll get a uh, touchdown Jesus type statue for center field, like that Marlin sculpture. Like a a guy doing the home run. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Like the slide in Milwaukee. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Sliding Jesus in a home. <laughs> Marketing of like one of the priests from campus just going down it too. <laughs> that would be awesome. Headmaster. Notre Dame, hit us up. We'll make it happen. Yeah. I like it. Uh, they, um, got, they got the blue pinstripe stuff. Yeah. That, those were looking fine over the weekend. Okay. Those, those were good. Speaking of unions, didn't talk about the Veterans Day. Oh, yeah. The Bandy for Green. Yeah. Bandy always doesn't play. Yeah, they How many uniforms they got? They got like six uniforms? They got more than that. Kentucky, <laughs> Kentucky's got more than that. Every game. Making you kind of feel boring with just the three. We yeah, always we step it up. I think we got we have four. Yeah, we got we got we got two reds for some reason. We got two reds. One's a little lighter. <laughs> I tried to get us a black. Didn't work. They don't like black. They don't like black. Uh, we're not allowed to have black because the club team. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, uh, we got the pretty simple, just navy and gray, and then we broke out the pinstripes against Vandy last year. 
You got the cool hat, like the C on the hat, though. I like that letter, the lettering. Yeah. That looks cool. Hook C. Um, especially the one with the red bill. Yeah. I wanted to, I want reverse pinstripes, like black with red pinstripes. That's what I want. That'd be sick. That would be cool. I'd be a fan. Okay. I like where you're at there. I, I still think Vandy's black with the gold pinstripes. That's always been my favorite uniform yeah, in baseball. That looks good. Mm -hmm. Those ones that look like prison uniforms a little bit. Yeah. 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 Or uh, UVA with the orange. Those are nice. Classic. Yeah. Cause the I like the classic lettering, you know? Oh, absolutely. I don't like this new, all these new fonts. I'm a fan. No. Throwbacks are king, just like the uh, powder blues at Ole Miss. Those have got to be my personal favorite unis in college baseball right now. Oh, yeah. Anything powder blue. They, they went viral on TikTok for that, too. Yeah. Now no everyone's better way to reveal it. LSU's got those purple ones. Those are nice, though. Oh, that's true. They're playing, they're playing Bandy. That should be a good series with uh, their star pitcher going oh. against whoever's the number one for Vandy at the time. Yeah, Jaden Hill against pretty much any Vanderbilt arm. It's going to be rocker, lighter. Uh, it's April 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. It's going to be a good series. All right. All right. Thank you, Notre Dame, for getting us started on that uniform debate, by the way. Shout out to you guys again. Um, <laughs> their head coach described uh, the ACC schedule this year with so much talent there as basically going through 12 straight super regionals. So taking two out of three from Wake Forest in the first of those super regionals is, is a nice job. Yeah, no, I'd say the ACC, SEC, even the Big East for you guys, those are those probably they're the three of uh, Big Ten, maybe. Uh, those the Americans are, always good, too. All right, yeah. Uh, but definitely the SEC and ACC. That's just a brutal path. Oh, yeah. If you come out of that one uh, with not that much blood on your uniform, then it says a lot about your team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Any conf conference-only games when you have no time to warm up, going right into them, it's tough. Yeah. That is tough. I know normally we'd be going on our second weekend. Haven't played one game yet besides against each other. I know. It's crazy to think you guys haven't started. It's the 20th, right, opening day? Yeah, that weekend, 21st, I think. Gotcha. Home will be a lot of fun to watch. Playing Canisius. Not 100% sure who's on the bump yet, but I think we're going to pull it out with that sweep. Yeah. Love to hear it. Four wins, definitely going to be a bit of a grind. Four, uh, four games, two double hatters, definitely be a little bit more of a grind. But uh... mm -hmm. Yeah, there's been so much of that early on in the college baseball season just because it's so weird with uh, scheduling. So we've had a lot of those double hatters very early on. Yeah. No, double hunters going to suck. It's going to be a grind for sure. Get some good content out of it. Oh, yeah. Everybody's happy. Get some positive. good content. Showcase the depth of your team. Yeah. Win-win. Yeah. Uh, nice dirty effort to the ball game. Everyone's going to have to probably step up at some point. COVID, injuries, you never know. Yeah, we, we got 22 pitchers. I bet all 22 will be used that first weekend. <laughs> Especially because half of them are already injured. 
yeah, I would not doubt that uh, all of them would be used. And then, or if you run into a problem like uh, what you're saying UConn had on, uh, what was that, Friday, where their most reliable guy blew the save. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Let's uh, time for my uh, rampage about the UConn weekend series, I suppose. Um, so down in Southern Miss, uh, first game of the series. So unfortunately, out of the gate, we dropped two out of three, but there were some really tight games and there were some positive signs from a lot of the guys on our team. Um, Friday night, it was a five to four loss. Um, started off well. Um, it was a very weird play in the first inning um, with tagging up and the outfielder, like we thought he caught the ball. We didn't know what he did. So it was, it was kind of a whole, all hell breaking loose. But um, anyway, some of the positives, uh, first inning there, Pat Winkle had a sack fly. Uh, Andy Haig scored his first game in the lineup, had a nice day with a few hits. Um, fifth inning, uh, Southern Miss scored three runs. Um, Chris Winkle almost made an amazing catch, um, but just couldn't get to it. Uh, he made up for it with a great one on Sunday, though. Go check out that highlight on the UConn baseball socials uh, if you haven't yet. Um, Christian Fedko had a solo home run after that. Um, Winkle Brothers also, um, let me see, what inning was that? It was, it I went. believe, the third. Um, both of them went yard. It was the first time they've both been here for a few years. First time that they've homered in the same game. Just so happened to be in the third inning. So um, Southern Miss people were probably confused seeing why Winkle was rounding the bases twice. <laughs> but um, in the seventh, David Langer, his first game in the lineup as well after not getting in the UVA series, um, had a double, Chris Winkle with a single, and Andy Haig, sack fly, brought him in. But unfortunately, in the uh, eighth inning, uh, bases got loaded. Uh, Caleb Worcester came in. We had hoped – we put a lot of pressure on him coming in with uh, – looking for another multi-inning save and uh, unfortunately gave up a base hit down the first baseline and Southern Miss took the lead and their closer looked pretty dominant. So that was enough for them. Tough go and uh, your closer, who's usually your most reliable uh, reliever, can't finish the job, especially because, you know, closers have that different mentality where Chris would know living with one um, that they just – they're probably the most hard people on themselves when they do something like that too. So it's tough. It is true. He is. Yeah. Uh, you know, he bounced back um, on Sunday with a nice outing, but yeah, I mean, as I said, it was tough coming in with the bases loaded anyway. And Reggie Crawford same. It's enough for them. Um, game two was another one, seven, six game, really tight. Um, four of our five losses have been by one run or no, I'm sorry. Three, four of our five games have been one run. Um, we've only lost four on the season. Um, started off great early on, um, jumping out to a three, nothing lead. Reggie Crawford, Kyler Fedko, David Langer, all with RBI hits. Um, but Southern Miss, they were hitting pretty well. Um, was a little bit of a bumpy ride for Joe Simeone, looked really good in some innings and then kind of struggled at the end a little bit. Um, Chris Sargent, their first baseman for the Golden Eagles, um, he had two home runs on the day. So that was uh, pretty impressive by him. 
Um, we battled back in the eighth, made a one-run game. Pat Winkle had a two-run single. Uh, Reggie Crawford, he's making some noise again, an RBI ground out. Um, but we had the tying run at third and go-ahead run at second, struck out to end the inning, couldn't do anything in the ninth. Um, it was a tough game, too, because we out-hit them. Um, left 12 runners on base, that's the problem. But 14 base hits, three-hit day for Dave Langer. Um, so the bats, even though the situational hitting wasn't the best, they weren't really the problem on the day. It was just another tough outing on the mound, but um, some positive signs for sure to take out of that game. Yeah, no, I'd say um, when you can bounce back like that, especially after a tough loss, it's never, you just have to take away the positives after that. You can't look at the negatives. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then plenty more positives in the Sunday game. Um, 10 to seven win to close out the series, happy flight home. That's always what you wanna see. Um, and our team in practice, I finally got out of my quarantine the other day. So everybody seemed loose, feeling good at practice. So we're looking for a big weekend ahead with some big games coming up. Um, Sunday, Austin Peterson, he was the star of the show. Um, came in in relief last weekend, tossed a few innings out of the pen, but we gave him the start on Sunday and he proved the coaches right by doing it. Um, struck out eight over six innings, looked really, really good. Only two hits in one run. So big tip of the cap to him. Um, new guy coming in was a transfer. Had played at Purdue before. So making a big impact early on. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, Reggie Crawford was the star of the show. Two home runs, um, career high six RBIs. An awesome day for him. Um, and Pat Winkle making noise again, an RBI single in the top of the sixth. That is why he's one of the top ranked catchers in this year's draft class. He is a pretty special player. Um, Southern Miss dropped five runs on us uh, heading into the eighth. So it got tight, uh, seven to five game. Um, but three, three spot in the uh, bottom of the eighth for us, two run single from Eric Stock and a sack fly from Reggie Crawford. Almost hit that third home run of the day, but landed on the warning track. And then, um, you know, Southern Miss still put up a good fight, but Caleb Borster came in, got a double play to end the game, bouncing back from um, Friday's outing. So we ended the weekend well, and we're heading down to a tournament in Conway, South Carolina, where we're taking on Miami of Ohio uh, tomorrow, Davidson on Saturday, and then Sunday and Monday, a little wraparound series for us. Coastal Carolina, always a tough opponent there. So that is the latest from the UConn baseball standpoint. I like it. Yeah, so I'm glad you're back in practice, too, out of the quarantine zone. Probably the longest three weeks of my life. Uh, Got to love these close contacts. Yeah, that's tough. But yeah. it's something that will be a factor throughout this college baseball season. You know, we saw Notre Dame couldn't even play their first weekend because of it. So just got to make sure everybody's careful and – you know, as much as the quarantine suck, it is being careful. I never tested positive, which is good, but probably being in the quarantine certainly helps that. So just play it safe. Uh, don't need many cancellations this year. So let's hope that that can be limited as much as possible. Yeah, for sure. Um, so now I'll look ahead. Um, like you said, UConn, Miami, Ohio, Davidson, Coastal Carolina, always a big, big opponent no matter who's playing them. Um, for us, we got two more weeks, I think. Yeah. Yeah, two, two more weeks. weeks. Yeah, two more weeks till we start. Um, got the countdown starting next Wednesday. 
10 days from next Wednesday is when, right. um, so make sure to check out Stags Baseball um, for the countdown. Got some nice edits coming up. Um, Very nice. I've been fortunate enough to see a little preview of those, and I'm excited to watch that countdown unfold. Yeah. Um, Louisville, Georgia Tech. Looks like that should be a good game. Yeah. Um, yeah. We need to uh, spend some more time talking about Louisville next week. I mean, we will after that series, but they're having a nice season sitting there at number five. Yeah. North Carolina, Virginia Tech. Yep. They're um, Virginia Tech's allowing fans at home games now. Um, one of my buddies just texted me. He said they're doing a lottery. They're allowing a thousand students at games, um, and then you can pay ten bucks to go to the ACC games, non-ACC games. You can go for free. So that should be a cool environment. That's pretty nice. I would pay about seven hundred dollars to get into some of these games. <laughs> Aside from UConn scrimmages, haven't been to a baseball game since like the summer of 2019. So I'm desperate. Yeah. Um, Miami, NC State, Miami. Let's see how that they can bounce back. Arkansas, see if they can continue their hot streak. BC, um, Auburn. Auburn was in the top 25 last week, I think. So that should be a good series. Yeah, they needed to reschedule. Um, seems like Wake had some COVID problems. So uh, no Wake Fire series for them. But if you can just randomly pick up a series against Auburn, that says a lot about your team. <laughs> yeah. Um, UC Santa Barbara, Oregon, that's probably going to be like at one in the morning for us. So, <laughs> yeah. nah, so. don't even we'll worry miss, about the We'll have a nice opportunity to bounce back against Belmont. BC Wake Forest, that could be, definitely could be a game. Yeah. Um, um, could also be a complete wash. Um, and then South Carolina, we haven't really heard much from them. They're playing Mercer. See if they can make any noise. Yeah. You see Santa Barbara's another team we haven't spent a ton of time on, but taking on, they're coming in at number seven ranked. So definitely keep an eye on them taking on Oregon, um, who, even though they're not ranked at the moment, always rolls out great sports teams and pretty much anything. So, uh, um, that'll be another one I'll have my eye on. And then one more, uh, Virginia, number 16, Virginia, Florida State, uh, had the kid who hit one for 90, basically. Oh, yeah. Uh, the other day. So, yeah. uh, I mean, if he takes Vassal Yard, that's going to be a big deal. That was wild. Intentional walk. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, I'm surprised to see Virginia isn't higher um, at the moment with some of the talent they've taken down so far. I thought they would have moved up past – Oh, well, I guess they started the season 16, went to 12 after UConn, then went back to 16 after UNC. Well, yeah, that is true. Um, it, but that was a tough I feel like series. they have top 10 talent, though. Yeah, absolutely. Um, even if it didn't come out of my mouth the right way, that's basically what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, I it. But, yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, again, it's there's a ton of good games, uh, well, as there are every weekend, but we will be very excited to watch that. Yeah, Another thing in the college baseball world, uh, Wes Clark, man, he is killing it. The uh, junior catcher for South Carolina, eight home runs on the year, leading college baseball. So shout out to him for having an insane start. Love to see that out of somebody. He's coming out hot, ready to go. Yeah. Um, so it looks like him and Pat Winkle might be battling for that uh, top catcher spot in the draft because they're both – having a nice start to the year and both got a ton of talent. <laughs> yeah. See who comes out on top. 
we'll be pulling for your guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, he's he is a great dude. So I'm very excited to see what he can do this year. Um, so unless you guys have anything else in college you'd like to mention, um, we'll get in a little bit of MLB talk. Uh, I'm all good. Yeah, I'm good. All right. So spring training is well underway. Um, so awesome to see the guys back on the field, even if it's, you know, limited fans, no fan, some fans are better than none. That's for sure. Last year was very weird. Um, but beautiful thing, as we mentioned with some of these colleges, letting them back, see the fans back in the stadiums. Um, biggest thing, um, I'm taking out though, is some free agent news from this morning. Jackie Bradley era in Boston is sadly over. Um, but it's very exciting to see him get a contract. He's heading to the Brewers, two years, 24 million. Um, word in the street was he was seeking a four-year deal. Unfortunately, that did not happen, but still secured a multi-year deal. And Brewers have an awesome defensive outfield with uh, Kane and Yelich around him. Uh, you wonder if they're, Ryan Braun is still out there. You wonder if they might bring him back with no GH. It makes it tough. But even as a reserve outfielder guy, it's been very important to that team over the years. Anyway, though, JBJ heading to Milwaukee. What do you guys think about that one? Yeah, he'll definitely be able to help them there. I mean, like you said, Brian Braun is there too. So maybe a little battle to that point, but that might light a fire under somebody. Um, no, I mean, I'm thinking about it from a Red Sox perspective. Who would have thought even, I guess, like a year and a half ago, all three of the Bs would be gone from that outfield. I mean, that was a star-studded outfield, probably the best in the MLB. Now they're all gone. It's been a, uh, a little bit of a wake-up call. Like, nothing against the guys here now. Um, there's plenty of talent with the likes of Verdugo and co., but it's just like, wow, that, that happened fast. Yeah. Those guys were on the field in Dodger Stadium just like, you know, less than two or whatever ago celebrating the World Series and been attending Kansas City, Mookie in L.A., and JBJ in Milwaukee. Cleared house. Yeah. And the last to go was JBJ. I would have thought he'd be the first to go, if I'm being honest. Well, there's been, you know, all that debate over the years of what people think of JBJ. And um, I was always Team Jackie. he come up with clutch hits plenty, even if he wasn't always the most consistent at the plate. His numbers still look good at the end of the day. He was always there in the big spots. And his defense, it's just heresy that he's only one – a gold glove once in his career with what he's provided. Um, granted, there's been some tough competition with Kiermaier in the same along, but I don't know how he hasn't won more than just one gold glove. They Maybe need, National League will help. Yeah, they need to take into account the ballpark because he should have more than Kiermaier's. Kiermaier's probably the best in our fielder, but he's playing in a way easier ballpark. Oh, yeah, Fenway is just ridiculous. He navigates that triangle better than anybody. Um, but, you know, everybody will be quick to point to defensive metrics, and I don't think that's been taken into account enough how difficult the ballpark is. And that's why you've seen so much hype about Mookie's defense because the right field is probably even harder with those wacky dimensions, and he was just amazing at how he played that. Yeah. yeah. You know, just like we talked about the eye test when Cash pulled Snell, I, the analytics don't tell you what an eye test can tell you. That's that's where analytics fall short. Yep, and that's why that's why we're both such a big proponent of a happy balance between the two of them. Analytics are important, but you can't forget what you're seeing in 
you got to find a common ground. That's true. Yeah. Like there's a situation where maybe you should put down a bunt, but if you're seeing like that pitcher just throwing like a meatball, why are you going to bunt? Or the opposite. Tatis agrees. Or the opposite. Like, no, this is the worst situation you should bunt. But you're like, no, third base is playing in like the outfield. Throw that on the bunt. You're going to get on base. Yeah. I feel like David Ortiz could have had 4,000 hits in his career if he did that every time. Slashing out there. He's done it. I've seen him do it a couple of times. But yeah, no, he had a few of them for sure. But he's smart about it. Yeah. I mean, when, when you have the power he has, it makes more sense to probably just do your thing. Oh, yeah. Hit yeah. it right through the ship. Why not? <laughs> Hunter Pence, yeah. who would just kind of slash it. He, well, he would hit the ball off the ground. So, different guy. <laughs> yeah. He's the definition of a slap hitter anyway. With I don't even know if he would, like, technically qualify as that with his stats, but just the way he looks in the box, you can't um, not call that. He slapped up the ball. He was just a different type of person. he's who everyone wanted to be unbelievable yeah hell of a career yeah i believe he hung him up over the offseason so shout out to him for sure um back to spring training a little bit um yesterday we got uh i was walking into practice i checked my phone i see otani hits it over the batter's eye i click on the video it says 468 feet i go i didn't see that ball land yeah i go oh it landed on the highway <laughs> i was like you mean the la highway or whatever florida highway whatever it's whatever it is i think it might have landed on the la highway you <laughs> smoke it yeah you don't hit a ball dead center and not like that doesn't happen no that's very impressive and you're just seeing his hit and get better and better the more time he's spent getting accustomed to major league pitching here. Um, you know, it's funny. He first came out of Japan. I thought that he should just focus on the mound because his stuff was just so wipeout. And I wasn't sure how the hitting would translate because, you know, there's been some exceptions with guys like Ichiro. Um, but we haven't seen a ton of position players come over from Japan and have a great deal of success. Pitchers, we obviously have. There's been a ton of them. So I had thought when I first saw Otani that his future was on the mound and he looked great early on in 2018 before the injury and the Tommy John has just kind of thrown all that off. But man, he has proven me wrong hitting. He's had some pretty special seasons um, and looks to be getting off to a nice start here in spring training. Yeah, I kind of thought it was going to be a joke that he was going to, we were going to have a two-way in the MLB, but he kind of showed he can do both sides. Yeah, I mean, he started – what his first start in spring training or I don't even know if it was a start maybe it was a bullpen he hit like 97 or whatever and he and mm-hmm. if he can throw his uh split finger for a strike it's unhittable oh yeah, yeah. You, you can't I'm pretty sure it has like a 100 percent whiff rate oh yeah I mean if you think back to 2018 when he was still healthy on the mound um he had that start in Oakland where he took a no hitter deep and was just looking absolutely ridiculous so, like you said, he was hitting upper 90s in his bullpens. So, definitely can't discount what he can do on the mound still. Um, Angels have struggled with starting pitching. They did a nice job of addressing it this offseason, but can never have enough of it. And if Shohei can go out there even once every 10 days and take the ball, do his thing, he'll be a big boost. Yeah, they got to get Trout to the playoffs somehow. Maybe 
Maybe he's the solution. Yeah, the Japanese Babe Ruth. That's why they, they, they don't call him that for no reason. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, another two more bombs uh, this weekend. Um, Wander Franco, that was on Tuesday. What was that? Monday or Tuesday, I think. Um, number one prospect in baseball. Somehow the Rays, they just have every prospect to, to ever exist. Um, they can trade away everyone, yet they'll still be one or two in the AL East, and they'll still be in contention. Um, first pitch he sees of spring training, just he actually, I'm pretty sure, did hit it on. They looked for it on the roof, and it wasn't there. I think he cleared the roof. You know, for all the crap we gave the Rays about the Blake Snell trade, they got another prospect too, Luis Patino, who was, I believe, like 15th overall in the MLB uh, last year with San Diego. So he's just adding to their crazy depth. Um, but yeah, Franco, he's number one prospect for a reason. Doing a nice job in spring training. Just turned 20 the other day. Um, they were doing an interview with him. The Sox game was on ESPN playing the Rays. They had some fun mic'd up moments. Um talking to guys like Wander. Um, so you love to see that from a marketing standpoint and from a baseball standpoint. Yeah, no, the marketing marketing's a big point, part of it. But then they also over-market guys like Tatis, great guy. He did hit that bomb of a Grand Slam. Maybe a little bit overhyped at this point. He has still yet to play a full 162-game season, and they're making him better than Mike Trout somehow. I think he is better than Mike Trout. Well, the <laughs> Padres feel that way too, giving him the bag. Was it like four hundred million or something? Yeah, um, but yeah, he only gets like one hundred sixty million of it because of taxes. Yeah, gotta love those taxes out there in San Diego. Um, yeah, I mean, it's clear he's a special talent, but as you said, we haven't seen it over the long term. So if he can do it throughout the twenty twenty one season, then I'll be a lot more comfortable with placing him as like the king and the best shortstop in the game. But let's just, let's just see him repeat 2020 first over the course of 162. Right. That's the thing. Like Mike Trout's proven he can go 162 with the numbers he puts up and it's kind of undisputable at this point. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, like Mike Trout said, he had a bad season last year, came in fifth in the MVP voting guy sucks awesome, man. that honestly it was, it was his worst season holds himself to a high standard to say that yeah and you love to see it i mean if your worst season is fifth in the mvp voting i think that does enough to solidify you as one of the all-time greats so yeah as we've said before if he carries it throughout his 30s mike trout is a god <laughs> damn close no nah, you love to see guys who hold themselves like that though too like we're just they're not hard on themselves, but they just hold themselves to higher expectations, which makes them do better for sure. Tatis, I yeah. think, I think it's actually a lot similar to Lighter. In like, Lighter, great talent, but we haven't seen him pitch the full season yet, so that's why it's still Rocker above Lighter. But like I said, it could be Lighter above Rocker. I think Tatis could easily become the best player in baseball, and I think making him the cover of them will be the show when it's coming to Xbox too great marketing standpoint, but forcing him onto the fans as the face of baseball before he's played the full season is a little tough. Granted, Trout seems to hate marketing and wanting to be the face of baseball. That's a little tough, though. Yeah, it's been nice to embrace it. And, um, yeah, I think Trout gets a little bit too much of a hard time, but 
it's understandable why people feel that way. As, as you mentioned last week, they dropped his new shoes and nobody even talked about it. So if that was Tatis, I mean, I feel like it would be all over every billboard in the country. Yeah. Yeah. No, Tatis reminds me of Harper when he was at his peak of hype. Like that was, it was Harper, 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 Harper. Mm-hmm. Didn't hate it, but like you did hate it at the same time. I <laughs> yeah. Worse. Yeah. No, I think so. Made Harper worse, I think, the hype. Yeah. And I mean, the big contract in Philly, as much as he's tried to embrace that, that puts the stress on you too. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, at least with Satis, he has the comfort of staying in San Diego as opposed to moving from Washington to Philly like Harper did. Yeah. For but sure. I mean, still, he's still a young guy and he still had two years, I think, of arbitration left. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he can just settle down, not think about the money and stay in his element. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, and then uh, MLB made finally did something good. They were announced this morning. June second is now national or annual Lou Gehrig Day to raise awareness for ALS, which is um, a special cause uh, to Hunter and I uh, because one of our favorite human beings um, and mentors in our lives, uh, our former principal, Brother Ray, um, died of ALS uh, about three years ago. Um, he was principal at Zavarian Brothers High School. So anything that bridges, brings awareness to ALS is a cause that we will always support. Absolutely. And um, we were just talking about BC baseball. A lot of the show, Pete Frady's with Ice Bucket Challenge, another one close to our hearts. But yeah, Brother Ray was a special man. Um, that was like one of the saddest things we've ever had to go through watching that. Um, but yeah, it's really nice to see MLB raising the support. Um, They've done a good job with supporting it in the past and now having the annual Lou Gehrig Day will be a really good thing and hopefully they can raise a lot of money for it. Something we definitely got to take down. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, all right, so that's it for this week's episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed us recapping some of the best games of the past week uh, and spring started spring training uh, with special guest host Chris Paletta. Uh, on next week's episode, we will continue uh, our college baseball talk and begin to highlight more of uh, spring training as it continues to get more in depth. Um, again, any questions you guys have, tweet us at Beyond the DIA Pod or DM us on Instagram at Beyond the Diamond Podcast. Uh, see you next time on Beyond the Diamond. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Chris, been a pleasure. Thank you again for joining us. And as Colby said, give us a follow and let us know your thoughts. Awesome. Thank you.